Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Unplaytested, the podcast about RPGs that have never been played before. Because they never existed before! I'm Lara, my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Alex, I use he, him pronouns. And we're going to make a game based on a ludicrous suggestion chosen at random. We have a big list of ideas, uh, some of which are generated by our own brains, some of which we will have uh, sent in from our wonderful listeners. And some of which we don't know where they came from. <laughs> okay, NASCAR but with giant robots was definitely written by you, right? Yeah, that one That one was super me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So we are then going to take uh, the game concept that we roll and over the course of the next hour-ish, uh, develop it into a beautiful idea for a game that they will then write down and then make people play and see if it works or explodes. <laughs> You'll be able to watch us next week playing this thing. Uh, but first we're going to have to pick a pick a buddy from the list. Uh, we're going to need to roll a 23-sided die. Let's roll it. Okay, what number did I get? <laughs> Oh, is that how this works? Yeah, um, you, you have to do that part. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, I'm observing your 23-sided die very carefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is a, uh, an 11. An, an 11. 11. Okay. Ooh. Interesting. The player characters are aliens in the process of invading modern-day Earth. Huh. I feel like there's definitely things there that I want to avoid, but there's things there that I want to lean into as well. Yeah, I mean, like, we could play this hella colonialism, couldn't we? Yeah, that's the flavor I would like to steer clear from, I think. Okay, well then I'm I'm gonna navigate on over to our must might moat list. Oh my god, it's like we have these lists for a reason. Good <laughs> job, us from the past. Uh and over here in the very important things that we moan have, uh colonialism. There we go. Okay. I mean to the greatest extent that two chuckleheads from a colonialist empire can ever truly remove colonialist influences from a game we create. Right, we're going to do our best. <laughs> gonna, we'll do our level, level best, yeah. So, what's what's rolling around in your brain pan? I have a bit of a of a marble in my brain pan, but I want to see what's going on in yours first so that I don't poison that sweet well. Okay, well, the... I guess the first kind of notion that is coming to my mind is that there's two, like, obvious, broad ways of handling this, which is mm -hmm. we are uh, sneakily infiltrating mm -hmm. uh, all the powers that be, and the other is we are arriving in force uh, lasers from on high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That definitely seems like the two ways. I think either of those could be interesting, but I also think this is a decision we need to, uh, or like, really slam a lamb down early. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Personally, I think I am leaning towards the former, because that's what a lot of the more interesting to me alien fiction is about. 
that's where you get your Kirorogunso, your Third Rock from the Sun, uh, your, yeah, let's pretend to be humans, and we're great at it, probably, uh, reconnaissance mission type alien invasion force. Okay, that's that's interesting, because I was actually kind of leaning in the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I was thinking of kind of, how, am I, how do I want to put this? Almost as if, like, a management sim of you dealing with uh, Jeff Goldblum trying super hard to blow up your ship, you know? Wow. <laughs> I really like, this is Independence Day Jeff Goldblum, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is the same character as Jurassic Park Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and probably actual Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me more about this. I like this. Like, the the way it, it structured itself in my head is that, you know, the game is kind of uh, you as this overwhelming alien force are, uh, you know, describing the, the carnage you are wreaking, and then someone steps in as the human resistance and like they then stop you and that it becomes kind of this storytelling challenge of they are entirely uh overwhelmed you know mm-hmm. out out outmatched outgunned but uh and yet <laughs> and yet somehow they're still defeating you and that could be fun maybe <laughs> so that that game, uh, just to see if I'm picking up the wavelength you're laying down, could be called something like Bring Me the Head of the Earthling Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I mean, that's the title of this game, whatever it's about now, right? Because <laughs> that's, that's kind of my jam, yeah. What if it was Sigourney Weaver? Sold, yes. She's... A, a more competent uh, foe, less of a comedic foil, perhaps, than our, uh, than our other choice. But I could see that going down. And Sigourney Weaver has kind of a nice, like, meta property to her, where she mm-hmm. just shows up at the end of Cabin in the Woods as, like, the director of the whole agency. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, Sigourney Weaver would be that. Why not, right? Yeah, okay. I'm sold. Fun Sigourney Weaver fact. In uh, Alien, of course, she uh, encounters the voice of the ship, Mother, and has uh, a big altercation with her, the voice of the Nostromo. And that's like a, a really good scene. And then in, <laughs> in Wally... Fun fact, that was a really good scene. <laughs> there's There's more! This is a two-part fact. <laughs> okay. So, in Wally, the voice of the uh, interspace cruise liner, the Axiom, is played by Sigourney Weaver. So she's come full circle to being the voice of a ship AI. Oh. Yeah, I like that. I don't know, I kind of like the first part of the fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact, wasn't Aliens good? Oh. Alien is good. The part she's flipping open the little the thing that she has to screw it in and then put it down and then the thing's not going down fast enough. She's shoving on it like come on. Oh, it's so good. 
Okay. What if we make this a tumbling block tower game? Because those are so popular right now. Ooh, yeah. Because it is four years ago right now. <laughs> <laughs> also, that's going to be physically impossible to play on Twitch next week. Yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> what if we don't do that? <laughs> I mean, okay. I acknowledge tumbling block tower games several of them i like especially starcrossed uh but i'm wary <laughs> okay. i remain wary of the mechanic in this instance you could sell me on it but i don't know all right okay i i rescind my suggestion <laughs> This time. This time. Next time you get a free... No. I get one more Tumbling Black Tower veto <laughs> for the rest of the show, and then you can do as many as you want. Okay. Oh, I'm proud of us for not branding that. If I try to introduce a Tumbling Block Tower, I'm not allowed to anymore. It's, oh, the, it's forbidden. The, the Tumbling Block Tower power goes through me. Yeah. Finally, the world is as it should be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you even right. put it on the mount. Okay. I'm Bing. sorry. Um, <laughs> then we should talk about what is actually going to happen in this game. <laughs> so far, all we've got is that Sigourney Weaver is good. So yeah, they like the way this plays out in my head is that you as you know, the group of players are collectively this invading alien force, and then occasionally maybe you take turns to be Sigourney Weaver and the Resistance. Mm-hmm. And uh, if what you if are... What hmm? if it's just her? <laughs> okay. What if you have broken the back of all human Resistance, except Sigourney Weaver... The actress. Regular human being. Okay. I like this. She's I support She's the only this. one who is immune to your mind control uh, webbing or your uh, fear rays or what have you with which you have cowed the human race entire. What if every time Sigourney Weaver uh is able to defeat you in, you know, some resistance maneuver, uh -huh. uh, then one of you ceases to be an alien and plays a different Earth actor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, like Sigourney Weaver saves the world from one evil plot, and then the next time she is joined by Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, that's very good, actually. Ooh, good choice, too. I would have said Jodie Foster, but oh, that's a dream team. So the number of players you play this with is going to matter a lot, because this could be like a 10-minute long game if you only had two people. Yeah, so... That's fine. This is unplaytested, baby. We do what we want. We can make 10-minute long games. Okay, that's fine. I mean, maybe we should, like, request more... Or maybe we should just have two play? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, I'd like to have a lore, a lore check-in 
about what are the means that we have used to dominate the Earth. Okay. Because uh, I feel like mind control is a classic in, like, kitschy sci-fi stuff, but I know that a lot of players don't feel comfortable with mind control as a concept, put it on their lines and veils lists pretty commonly these days. Fair. Uh, you know, it messes around with consent, and, and we don't like that too much. So, I did mention mind control webbing, but I think I might want to go see if we can find a different direction for uh, what is it we've done that has pacified or, or co-opted the human race to our side. I mean, we could have just sort of pointed our very big guns at the planet and said, hey, are you gonna make us explode you? I feel like I would be... What if we are the sort of aliens who have tricked humanity with a lie? Like the aliens in, um... To Serve Man? Okay. Where their yes. whole plan was, we're going to give you this wonderful piece of technology that makes it so that your guns don't work. And then you will not have war anymore. And then the aliens take out their guns and are like, by the way, ours still work. So <laughs> later, nerds. I support this. I love trickery. Yeah. Something like uh, the alien, your alien propaganda has convinced all of humanity that you are, in fact, a benevolent force that is not going to conquer them and eat all of their spleens. Mm. And uh, Sigourney Weaver is the only one who has figured you out. Because <laughs> she's on top of it, yeah. She's dealt with aliens before. She is humanity's alien expert. Yeah. This we can all agree on. We can all agree on this. Ask 100 people who will save us from the aliens. It's her. <laughs> 99 will say Sigourney Weaver, and the other one will say, you know, what's her name from the Alien movie? <laughs> yeah. None of this is really a game yet. <laughs> we haven't, you know, we can do setting. People, uh, people put setting in their games sometimes, and even we are allowed to. Okay, okay. But yeah, we should come up with mechanics at some point, it's true. Have we considered Tumbling Block Tower? <laughs> We have, and we have discarded it. Okay. I have another consideration. Listening. Something about a pool of D6s. Okay. And when you enact a villainous plot, you roll a certain number of D6s. Maybe you add one or two per cool thing that you think up to contribute to the plot. Mm -hmm. Uh... A plot is made out of different elements, like who are your human uh, allies who are helping you, or where is it set that's advantageous to you, what alien technology do you use, you know. People can sort of tag in different little things that make this plot better and better. Right. Uh, and then you roll a bunch of dice. When you roll the dice, Almost all of them are, like, success dice that are good for you somehow that let you describe how your plan goes off. But things that show up as sixes or ones or something go badly for you and start making, like, a pool of resistance dice. 
Okay. Like that's when that's when Sigourney comes in and thwarts your plans. So you go, okay, let's roll the two dice for our technology, and you roll them, and one of them comes up as a six, and you're like, oh crud, Sigourney Weaver is here busting up our technology. She has now stolen it and is going to use it against us in the future. I like this. I'm I'm into this. I think there's some something cool have, going on here. Yeah, we've got some human allies. Sir Ian McKellen is helping us uh, erect this giant statue of our alien leader made out of all of the melted down keys from all the humans who no longer need their cars. Are we playing, like, individual members of this uh, these alien invaders? Or are we playing the invasion force as a whole as kind of an indistinct mass? I didn't have an idea until you said that. And now I do, which is that it's like the Skeksis, where you are defined by your job. Okay. Sold. <laughs> I think that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're the the Arch-Chancellor of Human Management, or the High Dracon of Weaponry, or whatever. So you make up yourself a cool alien title, and then, you know, if that character... Uh, if that that player gets uh, co-opted and and becomes a human player, and now they are playing Sir Ian McKellen helping out the humans, then uh, somebody else could step in and say, "Ah, my alien is going to be the Arch Dracon of Weaponry now," and uh, then they get the associated you know bonus or whatever. Okay, I I am super into this. Good, good. Because being the Skeksis is fun. That makes being a villain fun. I kind of like the idea, and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to throw this out and see how this uh, uh, fits you, mm-hmm. that the aliens, they, you know, they roll their dice, and if they come up six, those go to the resistance elements. But mm-hmm. resistance doesn't have to roll the dice. They treat these as just, they are tokens to be spent yeah yeah i'm into that there's no uncertainty there is only because the thing that i want to do is uh i'm thinking as i so often am of the dice mechanic in anima prime by christian griffin okay you start out with all your dice in your maneuver pool you're rolling those dice the ones and twos go back in the maneuver pool the threes fours and fives go into your strike pool the sixes go into your uh special pool and it's just very satisfying to watch dice move between one pool and the next, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that mechanic, mm, it's so good feeling. And so being able to say, yes, when you're, uh, you have the, the aliens start out in total control, they're rolling all of the dice, they've got all of these things, and then gradually, gradually, the resistance builds up more dice, builds up more dice, and then... Uh, Eventually, they have all the dice, and they win. Yes, yes! Because I don't think it should go the other way, right? This is, uh, presumably going to be... If if Sigourney Weaver is leading humanity, humanity's gonna win, right? Yeah, no, that just stands to reason. Yeah, cool. Okay, put on the must list. Must victory for humanity. Yeah. This is good. I mean, do we want to just sort of steal that from Anima Prime entirely? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something like that for sure yeah. if, if we can think up a third pool for things to go into on on you know 
three, four, fives, then I'd be happy to. Maybe the pool is like the power of the aliens, you know, from from without, like that they are bringing to bear to the Earth. And then this middle pool is their ability to use that power uh, on the planet itself. They're they're maneuvering. This is like a, a logistics based effort, is what you're saying. It takes time to move aliens down to the planet. You've got to set up PR campaigns. There's like infrastructure problems that they're dealing with. Exactly, and it's kind of lossy because sometimes mm-hmm. those dice aren't going to go where you want them to go. Yeah. Sometimes they, you know, they don't roll three, four, five. They don't come down in time. Sometimes they roll six. Something goes wrong, and the resistance gets that die. Nice. I can get into that. Yeah. Okay. It's lossy. I like that. It's this is part of we're we're seeing like a state here. We're uh, we're having the the difficulty that comes to all large scale organizations, even Earth invading ones. <laughs> it's uh, it's the problem of scale. Yeah. It is now that I think about it, pretty colonialist to come to a planet and steal all its resources under the guise of uh, being there under a flag of peace. Oh, damn, we did a colonial. We accidentally did a colonial. Okay. Uh, then again, is this an anti-colonialist game because the aliens are the bad guys who are getting their butts kicked by a cool movie actress? I mean, it's hard to be anti-colonial without also being colonial, you know? You, you gotta have some colonial to be anti-against. Okay, so what if we just say they're not doing a tricky takeover, they really are just here dropping dirt-stealing factories that they're defending with their powerful alien weapons, and they are, you know, not being friendly about it. They're farming. <laughs> they're farming just farming farming has some ties to colonialism as well wow there's no winning there yeah a lot of a lot of human endeavor uh turns out to be steeped in that uh unless you go back you know ten thousand odd years uh let's see here let's let's uh take a sec okay because I don't know how hard of a no that is for me. I think we're we're being pretty campy about it. It's true. In our presentation. We're being sort of cartoonish villain aliens, which I think everyone has enjoyed in their Saturday morning cartoons from time to time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're explicitly the bad guys. They're definitely bad. So I think the harder we can lean into parody on this the more enjoyable of uh, of an anti-colonial roast of these aliens it's going to be. Uh, I've seen some good mechanics like this in um, Simon Moody's uh, Goblins in Shadow. The players are uh, goblin revolutionaries who are taking down corrupt uh, elven uh, magic types who are horrible and thin and pallid and literally drink goblin blood mixed with gold in their wine to stay alive it's good so i feel like if we get on that level of like nah 
These guys suck. They will drink your blood, and they only eat food that has been gilded. Because they like having the money. Like, you just gotta not only go directly onto the nose, but then, like, just do that thing where you smash the nose into the brain with the heel of your palm. Like, get in there. Okay. Sold. I'm putting this on the might list of the Talians totally drink human blood. Not because they like it, but just because they can. Just because they can. Yeah, I like that. They don't even need to drink. No! They've never drank anything before, but then they thought, you know what? I've invented a new thing. Uh, I would love to hear an ad from you, because you made me do it last time. Wait, you made me do it last time. Are you sure? (laughs) I'm 100% sure you made me do an ad for your dragon game, Dragon Oh, you're right. Darn. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, it was an ad for Dragon Hearts. But you're right, I did make you do it. Okay, you gotta make me do an ad for something now. Yeah, that's because this week we're sponsored by by the author of Lady Windermere's Fan. Oh my gosh, by the author of Lady Windermere's Fan. You know, I've heard a lot about that game. Uh, a beautiful title, for one thing. Uh, that game is an Oscar Wilde farce generator uh, by Laura Turner. Beautifully written game. Also, wonderfully edited uh, by me <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so quality editing on that piece. Uh, several uh, periods that should have been commas caught. Just neatly. Steel trap mind editor Alex Guerrero. Uh, more importantly, that game is an absolute delight to play. Uh, like many of the classic Alara Turner ouvois, or the hors d'oeuvres, uh, <laughs> you play as people who are woefully unprepared for a complicated task because you are a theater troupe who is about to put on an Oscar Wilde farce. It's opening night. The press is there. Your mom is there. Presumably there are important talent scouts in the audience. And you realize, just moments before you are due to go on, that you have in fact forgotten to select a play to rehearse. (laughs) You have not rehearsed a play. You don't have any costumes ready. And there is no script. And there are no sets. So you just gotta go and do it. Uh, The game provides you with a beautiful scaffolding of support for this. You make up different sets and different costumes that you're just sort of yoinking out of uh, wherever you can get them and throwing them together into a play. Uh, There's a wonderful mechanic uh, where you can say, oh yes, and then I will grab this prop. Uh, and you're, like, reaching your hand off stage, and someone's handing you something, and then you come in with, like, a bouquet of flowers in the middle of the fight scene, and you're like, yep, that's what I wanted, and that's how the play goes! Then I pull out the flowers! Oh, it's wonderful. If you have ever wanted to feel like a rapier-witted, uh, quick-talking improviser, that's sometimes hard, but this game makes it easy. You will be dropping bones mot bone mots uh like they are flower petals in the wake of a person who has just been handed a bouquet unexpectedly (laughs) 
You really pulled that metaphor through at the end. I was yep. like, is he going to do it? And he did. I did. <laughs> That's it for us, baby. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> uh, our ads are usually that wrong, right? Yeah, this is a good two-minute spot. For... <laughs> yeah, I paid extra for that. <laughs> That's a good, it's a good game. Oh, I still remember the playtest I did of it with the, uh, oh god, I forgot the best part. So the best part, listener, <laughs> is that your character, as you will in a farce, is lying about some important aspect of their life, and as the play goes on, your lie will be revealed, and you will then cover up for it by making a bigger, more elaborate lie. Like, by 300-year-old vampire who had just basically, for no reason, never learned to read because he couldn't be bothered and just had to come up with increasingly greater and grander lies uh, to cover up for that. I believe by the end of that play, were you claiming to be president of Oxford? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went from, like, no, I'm I'm great at it. No, I'm actually a college professor. In fact, I'm the president of Oxford College. And I teach uh, reading and writing 101 there. As the presidents do. <laughs> As they do. Oh, that's a good, good game. Well, thank you. And thank you to whoever sponsored this episode. I feel like we should maybe do some thinking about like the broad structure of the game yeah because otherwise we're gonna have to come up with that off air and that's harder yeah like the win condition is all of our players have been turned into popular actors yeah yeah or or uh popular popular human figures okay uh, you know, I, I don't want this to be, like, a, an overly clickish, like, I know all the different A-list Hollywood actors type of experience, you know? Right. So if somebody was like, ah, my human is going to be LeVar Burton. Nope, that's an actor. Uh, he is an actor. I was actor. thinking LeVar Burton in his persona as a podcast host. Format. Game format. Is there a GM? I don't think so. Okay. I think everybody is aliens, and then gradually some of them are humans, and then everyone is humans. Okay. So is it like when your personal resistance pool gets to X, you become a resistancer now? Maybe it's when you roll the die. I kind of like something about you say, I'd like to contribute to this operation. We'll roll, we'll roll, uh... If we're really just stealing from Anima Prime, which I'd like to do because it's easy and good, okay. uh, you could say, our aliens have three main attributes that will let them conquer the Earth. We have, and you get to customize what those are. Maybe you pick them from a list. So you say, yes, we are ruthless, we are cunning, we are seductive, and you give yourself a die rating in each of those. And uh, when you enact a plan, you choose to enact it with one of those ratings in mind. So you say, this time we're going with a seductive plan. We're going to distract all of the humans from our dirt-eating uh, tunneling device 
with a beautiful uh, stage show of our sexy alien music. That would do it. Uh, so when you're when you're setting that off up, you'll say, okay, we've got two. You know, you give like a four dice, three dice, two dice for each of those mm-hmm. uh, in whatever order you prefer. You say we've got two dice in seductive, so we're starting with a base of two, and the more. Uh, what happens on successes for the aliens? We'll need to think about that. Uh, but okay. putting Something dice good. into the alien success pool presumably matters for some reason. Yes. Well, we'll put a pin in that. I could see that being a lot like the achievement system in Animal Prime, where you'll say, Aha! We have a, a difficult task uh, in subduing humanity, and it will take about X many successes to do that and then you use your your dice from your success pool to to hit that achievement at some point something like that maybe um kind of like avery alder's the quiet year where you just sort of decide together yeah it seems like about a four difficulty seems like it'll you know be that sort of thing so the aliens start out with their two dice then Mm -hmm. i the arch chancellor of bioengineering say aha I can contribute to this plan one or two dice, for example, from my little personal uh, two dice that I have in front of me. And I roll however many dice I prefer, and I describe what it is that I contribute to help. I will use these uh, Vorplosian pheromone hounds as backup dancers, and they smell so delicious that the humans will be uh, compelled to watch the show uh, because they will just be hungering for that delicious, uh, tasty hound meat that they cannot have. I'm hungry just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I will roll two dice in front of me and say, Haha, I have gotten a three and a one, so it helped a bit, uh, but also one of the dice is not particularly useful and has failed somehow. Or if I get a 1 and a 6, then one of the dice hasn't helped, and the other die uh, goes wrong, and then I go, uh-oh, turns out that uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> was in the audience. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is an actor? He was in Airplane? Yep. <laughs> That's why I picked him. What did you think? Uh, okay. I think that uh, he's turned against the aliens as a result of this somehow, and then I will join the side of humanity, no longer playing the Arch-Chancellor of Bioengineering, but uh, potentially playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or just as their assistant, I don't know. I think think you play the celebrity, like, that's... If you're making them up, then you should play them. And we'll just have a note that says, like, hey... Maybe don't be gross and terrible and racist. Uh, if you're playing a celebrity whose voice is of a nationality that you aren't, check with people about doing an accent and maybe default to not doing it because it's really, really easy to perpetuate harm and stereotypes in that way. 
And perpetuating harm is the alien's job, not... That's what the aliens do. Yeah. You want to be like them. All right. Okay. Cool. I like this. And, like, are multiple people rolling their helpy helps at the same time? I would say yes. My, okay. My vision for this mechanic is... uh. Everybody grabs some amount of dice to roll, and then once all the dice have been rolled, you know what you got, and then you all sort of work together to describe how this operation goes down as a result. Okay. Haha, my part went off flawlessly, and your person is like, ah, well, my part went okay. And then the other person says, ah, Leslie Nope has joined the Resistance. <laughs> okay, and... that's not a real person, that's a fictional character. Amy Poehler. Well, <laughs> I kind of like it being Leslie Nope, because she would be a good anti-alien Resistance. I mean, Leslie Nope is Amy Poehler's Resistance name, we can all agree on that. Yeah. Okay, I like this. I, I really like the way this works. I like how this gives you so many different possibilities for what happens. Like, you get the successes you aimed for, but mm -hmm. also a couple people were taken over by the Resistance, and what does that mean? Right, right. Or, like, nobody... The Resistance doesn't claim anything, but you also don't get the successes. So yeah. that's pretty cool. So what do you do with these successes once you've gotten them, I think, is important. I think that uh, is probably important. Because I'd like to say that, perhaps unlike an Animal Prime, you're not taking these, these successful dice and then using them to re-roll later. I like the idea that you're just spending them as tokens after that point. Right. So if a die has been moved into the success pool, then you can just contribute it towards some sort of long-term goals that the aliens have that are, for some reason, uh, important or fun for them to achieve. <laughs> okay, I like that. So you could say, uh, what are, what are our long-term goals? We would like to turn all of Chicago into a breeding ground for Vorplax moss. Mm-hmm. So... Those are your goals you want to do. Your okay, little like sub-goals in terms of total planetary conquest. Because you got to keep yourself amused while you're conquering a planet, right? Right. Your different alien faction leaders have little pet projects that they want to advance. Do the aliens get some sort of, I don't know, call it a technology bonus as things start breaking bad for them? Because, like... Otherwise, they're just going to death spiral really fast. Right. Yeah, maybe there's a drama bonus. Okay. Every round, they just get one more free die, for example. Nice, I'm into that. So you start out with just your stat plus the thing you're spending as, as your different faction leaders. Then the next time, it's one plus that plus that, and then it's two plus that plus that. The drama die. Cool. I like that. I, I, like, I also enjoy the 
as things go on, I assume some of your plans are probably going to deal with the fact that there's this resistance that's really starting to raise gain on you, and also you're running out of important leaders. Right, exactly. Uh, and I think, you know, there's... Our, our cartoon villain aliens are going to be megalomaniacal enough that they'll basically be going, Ha-ha! More power and wealth for me! Now that that fool has been taken out of my way. Mmm, oh, they, the seeds of their own self-destruction. Yeah. Yeah. So when there's one alien left, they're just going to be robotniking it up, going like, ha, those fools, I never needed them anyway. Now, my minions, pour forth and cover the earth in grape juice or whatever. I love it. I'm super excited about this. The way I'm sort of, like, feeling it out in my head is that it seems like there's going to be, like, a minute and a half of sort of mechanical dice rolling, and then we just spend 20 minutes unpacking the story of how that worked, every scene. Yeah, I like that. I think that seems fun. I'm into it. Which is a lot of how Anima Prime goes as well. You just, you throw a lot of flavor on those dice rolls... And it's just very rich and enjoyable to to interpret what happens. Okay. I don't know if there's... I think it's just everyone goes in whatever order to say the thing that happens. Yeah. However yeah. it makes sense for the story. You know, I don't think you need to do it clockwise or anything. Okay, wait, I have an, a concern now. Okay. Okay, I have... You know, I rolled a six. I have been replaced by web cartoonist Jeff Jacques. Mm -hmm. uh, so now I'm a member of the Resistance. The aliens make a plan. They do their roll. No sixes are rolled. What am I doing that scene? Something. Do I still participate? Yeah, you okay. gotta do... You gotta do... I'm the resistance, and I'm coming in here and foiling your plans. Okay, and then everyone else is kind of like spending their successes to talk about how they are undoing my foils. Maybe the resistance characters also have roles, like kind of analogous roles to the to the ones that the aliens have. Okay, where you're like, okay. I'm going to be doing logistics. I'm going to be doing PR. I'm going to be the muscle or something. And then that sort of helps you with saying, here's how I'm going to thwart some alien plans. And then uh, that gives the aliens something to work with when you are interfering with them. Maybe you can introduce uh, little sub-goals of your own and say, haha, the resistance is working towards setting up a free radio broadcast tower that will spread anti alien propaganda. I like this. Ooh. Ooh, mm. okay, okay. Just mm -hmm. throwing this out here. Uh so what if you each have your like goal for this moment and yeah. each requires a certain number of successes? And then you as a team decide whether you are spending your successes to enact your goal or to reduce the successes for the other goal. Nice. I like that. That seems cool. Because maybe 
it's a wash and no one gets what they want and you all just sort of have to take your ball and go home that seems like the most likely outcome yeah and i'm not sure if it's the most narratively interesting eh <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe, uh... I guess it depends on what the numbers are, right? So it depends maybe the... on what the numbers are. And also, like, maybe if you can, instead of spending your successes now, just bank one for the future and be like, okay, instead of making so you can't do your thing, I'm going to bank this success so that next turn I'll be able to do my thing, you know? Because there is, there's some stuff going on with, I like the idea, conceptually, Although mm-hmm. it might be too complicated, of having your short-term plans and having your long-term plans. So you could say, I would like to spend my success on Operation Have a Fun Concert to distract the humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I would like to spend it on uh, Terraform the Great Lakes into a beautiful uh, zoo for us. Mm-hmm. And presumably you know your each each faction leader comes up with a little pet project that they'd like to complete that they put on on that long-term goal list and maybe you come up with you know two to three long-term goals as uh, as a group as well mm-hmm. and then the resistance members also have some long-term goals they're working towards and so you can sort of count those down and then when you've put enough successes into them, then they're done. And you're like, yeah, we did it. Are you... Because that's putting me in mind of the quiet year. Are you drawing this on a map? Uh, maps are cool. Do you print out a little picture of the Earth? I mean, you could also just like make a bunch of little index cards. And each one has just a thing on it and a number of checkboxes for... However yeah, yeah. many successes it'll take. I like that too. Yeah. It's very approachable. And you just check them off. You check them off, then it's done. What do you get from finishing a task? Does it have any mechanical weight beyond saying, Haha, my thing is done? No. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> can you uh can you use it? as an additional like environment tag where you can say haha because of our earlier planning i got all of this moss and we're going to use the moss to make the concert venue ground extra soft so that people's feet don't hurt when they're standing and so we get some bonus dice towards this operation because i can finagle in a description of how my previous project helped that actually makes a lot of sense and i like it a lot that kind of obviates the need for the drama die concept yeah i think so too if you have achieved some tasks it means you get some dice you can use on future tasks uh that seems fun yeah and it, it gives a sense of impending boy these aliens are getting better and better uh, even though there's no actual way for the aliens to win in the end. Right, because the end, the end state is the aliens are destroyed. <laughs> right. Because eventually, everyone's going to roll a six. Yeah. What happens if you don't contribute any dice to an operation from your personal little store? 
maybe you have to. Maybe you have one or two contribution dice, and you can either sort of shirk your duties, or you can really go all in. Hmm. Hmm. What do you get for succeeding at an operation is also important. Because if you, if you finish pet projects, you get dice if you can use them later, which is fun. Right. What's the point in finishing an op? It's cool. It's fun. Maybe you get prestige. You go, "Ah, ahaha, I contributed two dice to this, and then it succeeded. I will be showered with accolades from uh, the Space Empress, Mm -hmm. and that's great for me. I can spend those on a full tech tree of unlockable uh, garments and crowns and loot boxes for my alien chancellor. (laughs) I really, there's something profoundly silly about saying that your reward is cosmetic in this imagination game. (laughs) (laughs) I can't like it though. If you exceed at this operation, you get to describe your new outfit. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone has to listen to you. They've got to. I'm so glad we make games together. (laughs) I am certain that there are other people who I would have suggested that to, and they would have been like, no. (laughs) All right. Okay. Sorry. I should be keeping up with my notes here, and I'm doing a very poor job. I mean, uh, I've just been sort of free associating for the last, like, half hour, so good job actually writing any of this down. I would be screwed. Is there something around... You do roll both your dice. You choose whether you're spending them on the project or on your secret project. I feel like my inclination is to say, no, no, no. You choose how many dice you feel like putting forth, and then when they're on the table, if any of them are successes, you decide where they're going. And that's kind of like everyone, you know, is putting forth their successes in whatever order. Uh-huh. You can be all, oh yeah, I've got uh, this success here, and boy, I sure do have an entire army of hyper troubadours from the ninth dimension mm-hmm. that are definitely going to be cleaning out my gardens. And then you put it on your personal project instead of on the big band. Oh, fun. I like that. Yeah. And I also think, like, letting people choose how many dice they spend could be slightly useful. Like, earlier you were talking about maybe you have to spend a die. I kind of think maybe you don't in case you just want to not be active this round, you know? Right. I can see that. Whatever. Maybe you just chill. I'm trying to do the math on the chance of rolling at least one six on 2d6. Okay. Because I think it's actually pretty high. Pretty, it's it's not it's not nothing. I mean, you got a sixteen percent chance per die. Does that mean you have a thirty-two percent chance? Um, I don't believe so. I mean, okay. Oh, here here this is this is easy. Uh, one sixth times one sixth is one thirty-sixth. Correct. Right. Yeah, it's gotta be. 
God, I had for a moment I remembered high school probability, and then it all it drained out again. of my head. So that is the odds that you will get uh, both sixes. Oh no, it'd be what's five sixths times five sixths? Five thirty-sixth in percent. So it's a sixty-nine percent chance you do not roll any six. So yeah, about. About 31-31%. That seems high. So maybe maybe it's not that a 6 is you immediately uh, get ganked, but it's more like you have some small number of, we'll call them hit points, and it's like every time you roll a 6, that is the resistance does something to you, and then when you have rolled your second or third 6, that is when you are actually... Uh, taken out by Stephen King or whatever. I'm just looking at the bookshelf that's next to me. <laughs> yeah, you got three hit points. It's a nice dramatic number. And they're going down, and they're going down, and then you get got. So even if you rolled a six, your first operation, and then the second operation, and then the third operation... At least you got to participate in some operations. Yeah. And that also means, like, the aliens get a couple rounds of being guaranteed to be like, oh, <laughs> those 200 evils, before yes. Sigourney Weaver really comes in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and we can mess with that number and, and with the, the die things. Because you could also do it where you have to roll double sixes. That could be something. That could be something. I, I kind of like adding sixes over time, because that's... Double sixes is... Kind of rare. rare. Kind of yeah. rare, whereas, like, single six Getting is definitely going to happen. Yeah, 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 for sure. We have a lot of stuff here. We have a lot We've of good information. Stuff. We have a lot of ideas. Do you suppose it's about time that we uh, we break and start writing this uh, this sucker? It's time to make the dang game. It's time we've to got, make the We've got donuts. a structure, we've got a task or scene resolution, we've got a title. That's our golden trinity. As we call it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the the Din, Feor, and Nehru of our game design Triforce. Do we have an equivalent to Hylia then, or is that... I don't know. I didn't like that. Why'd they get rid of the triple goddesses? They were cool. It's a little It's a little confusing. Like, I kind of think it's interesting in situations where Hylia and the triple goddesses sort of are weird coexisting. Yeah. Um, And I like seeing evidence of those three elsewhere, yeah. But now we're slipping into our Legend of Zelda fan cast. Oh, that reminds me. We gotta put on the big list your extremely good idea uh, that I think was even partially realized. Is that a Golden Cobra for a Zelda game where you play as incarnations of the hero, sage, and conqueror? Oh, I didn't... I didn't do that for Golden Cobra. I should. Did you just do it? No, I didn't. Do- I just had an idea. I'm lazy. That was a I good idea. <laughs> well, we'll put it on the list. This has been Unplaytested. You can find us at unplaytested.com, where you can submit ludicrous ideas for the big list, or really good ideas, like a Zelda game where you play as incarnations of the sage, hero, and conqueror. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Unplaytested.
If you want to see the games we make here played, they should go up at twitch.tv slash unplaytested. We try to get gameplay to go up the week after the episode drops, but check the schedule there. Um, Or get the games yourself at unplaytested.itch.io. If you actually play one of these things, we would love to hear about it. And for our future episodes where we have guest hosts on, uh, we are going to be paying all of the game designers who work on the game. Unplaytested is made possible by the support of our patrons. Join the Unplaytreon at patreon.com slash unplaytested. Unplaytrons get early access to the episodes and free copies of all the games we make. Thanks to Abducted by Sharks for our music, Bring Forth My Armor! I'm Lara. And I'm Alex. And remember, time is an illusion. And so is death! Oh, that went real well. <laughs>